Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name's Dr. Andrew Trasilla from Somerset CCG, and my co-host is... Dr. Peter Bagshaw, from, uh, also from Somerset CCG and West Somerset GP. And we're really pleased to have as our guest today, Nick Harwood from Young Somerset. So, welcome, Nick. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Peter. Great to be here. Thank you. So, I suppose our first question is, Nick, what is Young Somerset? Please tell us about it. That's a great question, Andrew. So Young Somerset is the largest youth work charity in the county of Somerset. Historically, we were known as Somerset Rural Youth Projects. Uh, we rebranded back in 2018 uh, because the name no longer reflected what we what we did. So as an organisation, we work with young people, um, and kind of 11 to 25 with a, with a sort of major target range, really, up to, up to about 19. And what we provide in the county is two types of youth work, so open access youth work and targeted youth work. We provide skills development for young people who, for whom mainstream education isn't really succeeding. And we, at the moment, are the largest VCSE provider of low-level preventative early intervention mental health services. Um, for our uh, listeners, can you unpack VCSE? Yeah, voluntary community and social enterprise sector. So we are a charity. Thank you. Thank you. That sounds really um, exciting. Tell us a bit more about what the community um, provision is, please. And then I, I'd like to ask after that about the, tum- the, the targeted provision, Nick. Sure. So our open access youth work really is, is any work that we do that the only criteria for coming to it is that you're a young person. So that could be us running a youth club in a town or a village. Um, it could be an arts project or a music project. Um, it could be something that we pop up uh, usually, not at the moment, but pop up in the summer, maybe an activity day in the community or whatever. And as I said, any, any young person could come to that. And it's usually around positive activities, something kind of active. Um, but we're staffing it with youth workers. So it's not just a kind of activity. It's about building relationships with young people that, that, that kind of focus on their personal and social uh, development. So for us, we're not just an organisation that works with young people. We are a youth work organisation. And by that, what we, what we mean by that is that we are able to take the time to build relationships with young people that are open, honest, trusting, respectful, and led by the young person, which is really important. So we don't do things to young people, we do things with young people and are led by them. Um, and we do that in the context of understanding that we are privileged to serve those young people for a tiny amount of their life. So what we do is very different to the world of youth work that I grew up in 25 years ago, where it was a bit of a closed shop and there was a kind of fake mystique attached to it in some ways where youth workers and you know people that I was surrounded with would say things like oh you would understand it it's youth work you're not a youth worker or they would talk about these are my young people and they'd make statements like oh we, we don't talk to families or we don't talk to school or we don't talk to the police well actually that's that's old that's old-fashioned it doesn't work anymore we have a have the ability to, to support young people for a tiny amount of their lives so we have to do that in a context that makes sense for them so we do take time to understand their family their friends their peer groups you know what's going on in their community what's going on in the institutions they inhabit because then that allows us to to smartly apply what we do to to to, to what's their experiences at that moment in time so that's the kind of context of youth work that we're operating in at the moment and I'd be interested to hear more about what that actually involves, because those of us who are outside your target range will have our own memories of what happened uh, as youth work. And we've all read in the, the media about how there have been cutbacks to youth work services. So what exactly do you do? Uh, just, uh, Peter, some of us are only just slightly outside the target range. <laughs> of course, Andrew. We, it's, it's lucky this is uh, audio only. 
<laughs> yeah, so, so what, what we do, Peter, really, is, is just get alongside young people and listen to them, you know, what's going on in their lives, what are they struggling with, what are they thinking about, what is it they want to do at a really basic level, you know, and, and we're not to bang on too much about, you know, lack of resources and communities and all that kind of thing, but, that, you know, genuinely, sometimes young people struggle to find something that they can do. You know, and actually sometimes all they want really is somewhere that they can be safe, somewhere they feel that they can belong, somewhere they're welcomed, and somewhere they've got some space just to be them. And, and that can translate in communities to being the bus stop, or it could be the youth club, or it could be a project that we come in and run. And so for us, it's about, getting, as I said, getting alongside those young people, figuring out what's going on, listening to them, and then seeing what we can offer into that mix. And youth work is, is a voluntary relationship it's something we offer to young people you know it's it's up to them whether or not they engage with it and maybe it's making them uh making them engage with us and do stuff with us and and if maybe engage with us well, we need to change what we're offering and, and we're very good at doing that you know i quite often say i'm literally three or four times the age of of the people that should be designing youth work in somerset because i'm not 12 i'm not 16 um so we need to listen to those young people and and try and accommodate what it is that they'd like to achieve whilst being realistic you know you we can't we can't provide every community with exactly what they'd like but what we can do is help young people understand what their space looks like and how they can be positive in that and often that that means you know raising aspirations it is raising horizons it is looking beyond their community actually and looking further afield and you know seeing what else is out there whether that's in in the county or even nationally you know and so we work we work in that way we work nationally we work internationally we've got links with australia china and canada at the moment which are quite interesting so yeah it's, it's really just listening and then responding to, to the needs that young people are telling us they've got and you mentioned targeted youth work can you tell us a bit about that yeah sure so targeted youth work is really um taking the kind of same principles about getting alongside and listening and and, and accommodating young people's needs and responding to that but targeted is where there are young people who for whom life is more difficult they might be experiencing some chaos or turbulence in their life they may well be having a whole raft of, of barriers that are uh, you know kind of getting in their way for their progression you know there's there's labels that, that, that get put on to young people's disadvantage challenging all these kind of things and, and largely what targeted work is about is 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 in, in a partnership sense so with colleagues from education or the local authority or police or health about recognizing those young people in our communities who really are quite restricted in their life chances and and with precision then trying to try, trying to work with those and offer them some more uh, sort of specialists and a bit higher level of support to try and move them on so our model really is around a kind of three tripartite thing really. it's really quite simple so the first thing is to identify who those young people are and quite often that is done as I said, by partners, whether that's police or health or education or children's social care colleagues, they know who these young people are that are experiencing difficulty. And then what we do is we locate and engage them. So we can locate them because we can deploy youth workers onto the streets you know, to go, go to the back of Tesco's at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night because that's where they're hanging out. We can locate them. We can find them. We can put youth workers into that space and then we can try and engage with them. And usually that's kind of very, very slowly. It's very... Um, drip feed if you like because what we're doing in that sense when we're going out onto the streets and meeting with young people we're going to their spaces we're going to the places they're choosing to inhabit so we're there by their invitation so we're not pushing things we're just trying to build slowly slowly that relationship get some trust from those young people because quite often they have fairly adverse experiences of 
of adults maybe or of authority or of organizations or of professionals whatever it might be so we're just trying to build a relationship build some trust and we take the time to do that so the first time we meet a young person we might have literally a 30 second conversation and we'll go back a couple of nights later and that might turn into five minutes and so on and so forth and then over time we can figure out what's going on in their lives and what we can offer into that as well and that could be anything it could be access to one of our open projects it could be come and join the the music workshop it could be you know we want to do some very specific one-to-one work about changing behaviors whether that is you know maybe maybe um you know, uh, risky risky behaviours around drugs and alcohol, or whether it's about their fear of community safety, or they they're, they're being targeted and being groomed by county lines gangs, for instance. So we do a lot of that work as well, and that's that's our targeted targeted youth work. So just imagine for a moment, Nick, that I am in your target group, and I'm 16, and I'm in a Somerset town, or maybe a village, and I've been hanging around, and I've engaged, and I'm I'm really quite excited because. You're saying open project, and I think, well, this sounds for me. What, and, and, and maybe I've, you know, maybe I've got a bit of trouble at home, and maybe I've tried one, one, one drug once or twice, or smoked a little bit, or whatever. But uh, what, 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 what? I'm, I'm excited, but what does, what might I meet? What, what, or rather, what opportunities are there that are out there for me that I don't know about? Because until now, I've had very limited horizons. Sure. So what we would try and do, and, and we don't try and solve these things on our own because we recognise we're one part of a quite elaborate jigsaw in Somerset, which is great. There are lots of opportunities out there. But what we do in Young Somerset, we focus on things we know we can do exceptionally well. So, for example, we have got a very high quality music project. Um, so young people can, can, can get access to very skilled uh, musicians and youth workers and producers, we can help them. You know, everybody has the ability to make music. They might not recognise that, um, but we can we can draw them out. So we use you know digital technology. We use the same loop pedals that Ed Sheeran uses. So we can get young people writing songs about their experience and, and singing that or performing that or speaking that and recording it and you know having a tangible outcome. You know that's one thing there. We also do th- things that we've been doing for you know a number of years, including sort of light engineering and motor mechanics, which is great because. Quite often, you know, not to not to subscribe to too many stereotypes, but a lot of the targeted work we do is with fairly disaffected and quite angry young men sometimes. And actually, stripping a carburetor side by side with one of our youth workers can be really positive. They're not sat across the table from a well-intentioned adult. They're not having to make eye contact. They're doing something. It's very physical. It's tangible. And you know, even when they don't want to engage with that, we can you know kind of take the approach where we're going to strip the carburetor anyway. Oh, by the way, could you just pass me that can of blue WD forty spray over there on the shelf? And then before you know it, the young person's up to their arms in in, in diesel and, and 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 loving it. You know, and that's real again because it's it is something. If you've got an engine in bits and you can with that young person put it back together and fire it up in a, in, a, in a moped or a motorbike or whatever it might be, that's an absolute result. It's something they can they can say, I did that which is massively important. And we, we expand that. So we do ex- environmental and conservation work, working in partnership with people like Exmoor National Park and their rangers, the Quantox, AOMB, Mendip, AOMB, um, Levels of Morse and so on. So we're doing meaningful, meaningful things with these young people. So they are coppicing areas that need coppicing. They are laying paths that need, need laying. And um, so it's very, very practical, very focused. And what that can do, of course, is progress to you know, actual developmental opportunities. We could reinvigorate the love of learning. For, for some of these young people, particularly ones who've had a very poor experience of mainstream education, you know, they're, they're, they've lost their love of learning. So it's not, it's not about learning maths or geography. They've just not fallen out of love with learning. So if we can build that spark again and get that, that 
inquisitive nature of children and young people back to the fore when they're asking questions they're interested they want to do stuff then that's what we're trying to do and then we have the bonus of course we can accredit that so for the, a lot of these young people they're not going to get a gcse that's that's the reality what we can do is accredit at level one and level two in those disciplines which can open different doors for them further down the line that sounds really great um and so there's a wide range of opportunities which involve anything from music to physical outdoor activities to technical aspects and skills. And you mentioned earlier um, something about emotional well-being. Is that, is that something that comes alongside all these activities and is a strand that works through? Or do you have a particular curriculum of life skills and emotional well-being that, 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 that gets looked at? Yeah, this is this is this is this is our sort of new uh, area of work, really. Because I think what I've been looking at for uh, a number of years, I've, I've been chief executive at Young Sunset since February fourteenth, so six and a half years. And about four years ago, we recognised that um, of the sort of three thousand young people we support every year, pretty much every one of those would articulate that they had some experience of poor mental health, either their own or a friend or family member. So. It was becoming an issue, and, and youth work, kind of historically and classically, has supported in, in in that sense by being a positive adult role model, by listening, by being empathetic, by getting alongside young people, and coming up with things that, that can sort of help, you know, just in the general realm of well-being. But it became quite clear to me that we might have the ability to offer more into that space and more of an active offer. Youth workers are really good at listening and understanding need and then passing on, whether that's signposting or breaking or whatever. But I was interested to think about whether in a youth work organisation we could develop more of a proactive, you know, overtly labelled emotional wellbeing, mental health offer to young people because there are gaps in, in that system, as I'm sure you're, you're aware, within, within, within the county, nationally uh, indeed as well. And of course, it's an increasing issue amongst children and young people that we're all familiar with. Young people have now a different vocabulary. They have like permission to talk about mental health, which is brilliant because it means they are and they're conscious of it and they're thinking about it. And they're, they're thinking about it in a way that isn't just reacting to crisis, but it's part of their everyday existence. And that's great. That's brilliant. Unfortunately, there are some the, the other side of that coin is that young people sometimes um, inadvertently with, with, you know, with adults as well, well-meaning adults, but labelling is quite, quite, quite powerful. So as a youth work organisation, what we were seeing was this kind of very clear differentiation between young people who were feeling anxious and feeling depressed, and then young people who have anxiety and have depression as sort of clinical diagnoses. And, and spotting the difference between the two things and, and being able to appropriately challenge that because you know, you're feeling anxious because you've got exam results next week. You're feeling depressed because your boyfriend chucked you and you fell out with your mum is very different to having anxiety and or depression that is debilitating in that sense. So what's the response to that? Now, as an organisation with youth workers, we could go so far that there is a kind of a fear, I suppose, amongst professionals of getting it wrong with young people when you're working with their mental health needs. Those are kind of limits to what one feels comfortable in offering as a youth worker. And I understand that and I acknowledge that. And what we wanted to do at Young Somerset was think, okay, what else can we bring alongside our youth workers then that can make this better and, and deliver some better outcomes for children and young people in the county? So we were, I, I spent a, probably about two years talking and listening, 
I'm a layman in the world of mental health. I am in the youth and community worker by profession, so I don't pretend to know this stuff. But I spent a couple of years talking with colleagues across the health system, across education, children's social care. Some really interesting conversations with colleagues in specialist camps and child and adolescent mental health services around where you know they wanted to do more, but of course the limits of their um, criteria or threshold or boundaries and resources where they stopped and where's our where ours were and what could we where, what could we do together, um, and that led me to to uh, discovering the Southwest Collaborative around Children and Young People's IACT, the Improving Access to Psychological Therapies Program, which as you know is nationally a national program. Um, and it's about putting more professionals into that early intervention space um, for children and young people using sort of low intensity cognitive behavioural therapy uh, interventions. And so, com- and that's facilitated by the Exeter University. So, conversations with them and with Somerset CCG uh, and colleagues in CAMS brought me to a table where I was able to uh, get into that collaborative, which was brilliant, amazing learning space, but also had the opportunity to apply for nationally funded roles of training wellbeing practitioners. And we took our first two a couple of years ago. We've now got 12, some of whom are trainers uh, who qualify in the new year. Um, but what that does is give us another resource, a specialist and dedicated resource who have the, the right tools, if you like, in, in their toolkit that are different to youth workers, but they sit within a youth work organisation. So we are providing that lower level mental health support for children and young people alongside youth work. And that's a really for me, a, a brilliant model. It's it's so simple. It really was the opposite of rocket science, where we've got youth workers who've got these projects that happen all the time as sustainable, they, they're ongoing. And then we've got the ability to both internally, you know, if, if a youth worker in a youth club spots that Billy is really struggling with something and it's having an impact on his mental health or emotional well-being, then our youth worker can introduce Billy to a well-being practitioner who will do a time-limited intervention, you know, series of sessions, and then, and then they can, you know, just just thrive better. And it's it's very easy to do that when you've got trusted relationships between adults within organ within an organisation. So, Billy trusts his youth worker in the youth club. He's going to trust the wellbeing practitioner when that youth worker makes that introduction. So you can accelerate outcomes. So, so that's that's what we've done, and we've scaled that up. So, as I said, we started with two wellbeing practitioners. We've got twelve. Um, I'm hoping to be able to take four more in the in the new intake in the new year as well. And then alongside that, I mean, those are, that's a community-based resource. They're designed to work with children and young people wherever they feel most comfortable to work, whether that's in the home or, or in, a, in, in, in a, you know, it could be anywhere. It could be a community venue, it could be in a meeting room in a GP surgery. And we also are the host employer for the education mental health support teams, which is a trailblazer. Again, national money It's coming to Somerset, uh, and that's a multi-partner model. So it's very complicated, but what was working exceptionally well, where we have the trainees, where, again, working at low level, and they're supported by colleagues within CAMS who are giving them the, the kind of specialist mental health support there. And then we've got colleagues from education and from public health in the round, making sure that this resource that's deployed in schools is supporting schools with you know, sort of the whole school approach to mental health. So upskilling the, the education workforce to be able to respond earlier to young people's needs. So um, we've got uh, we've currently got um, eight of those trainees, and we are at the moment recruiting for another eight, which is very exciting in Somerset. So yeah, we've got this this sort of volume and scale. Um, I think the success of the work we're doing is that we two two things really. One is we we, we have the context of a youth work organisation, 
And secondly, we are something, if you like, of a sector leader. So within the voluntary community social enterprise sector, what we're trying to do is bring all of the other awesome work that that, that you know, the third sector is doing in Somerset into the round where we can broker young people to the best opportunity for them, whether that's our service or whether it's another service in the county that's, again, got a well-being or mental health offer for children and young people, and make it really easy for those children, young people, and their parents to access the support they need as early as possible. So can I pull you back? If somebody listening has uh, either is a young person who's struggling with mental health or, or, or just feeling unhappy, I guess, um, or somebody who knows somebody, a parent or, or relative, how do they get in touch with you? What, what are the criteria? Who, who do you want to see more of? Is it people who are, have mental health diagnoses? Is it people who are unhappy, anger problems? It's a good question, Peter. We want to see more of anybody, and 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 that sounds very ambitious. And but what it is, this is this is the the the, the, the concept and construct that we've come up with, with with colleagues within the mental health system in, in Somerset is the Somerset Big Tent, and that's a kind of virtual construct whereby we are being asked to be the enabler and facilitator of this voluntary community social enterprise alliance of organisations. And so what we're doing at Young Somerset is some of the gatekeeping around quality and safety for those organisations that will sit within the big tent. So we're doing some basic, you know, checks and, and balances, due diligence stuff on that these are bona fide organisations that they have, for example, you know, if they say they're doing counselling, they've got actually trained counsellors and they, they have the appropriate insurance, they have some governance, all that kind of thing. So there's a very simple but, but robust entry requirement to sit under the auspices of the big tent. And the design of that is such that what we're the ambition, the vision is that we want every child and young person coming into the big tent to come to that confidently and not by referral. Now, this is a game changer potentially because usually to access uh, services of this type, it relies on an adult listening to the child or young person's story, translating that into some kind of referral paperwork form, that being submitted, somebody within the service reviewing that, inevitably going back to that adult and saying, sorry, I need a bit more information here because of the thing with the thing. And then that adult has to go back to the child and young person and refill in. And, and so, so you inherently build delay. And what about poor Billy, who's plucked up the, the, the courage to talk to an adult about what's going on in his or her head and then has gone through this process? And nobody's talked talk to Billy. So what we're saying to, to professionals, whether that's a GP and a surgery, you know, you, GPs and you guys know this way better than me. You have such a tiny amount of time, and um, and some of the, some of the the, the 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 things you can offer that that child or that family are quite limited in some sense because there aren't that many options. And and what when I've talked to GPs in Somerset, what we've discovered is, and, and Somerset GPs are awesome with this, but usually at that lower level, it relies on GPs' goodwill and capacity to be able to find out what's going on in their patch. Now, what we're trying to do with the big tent is take that away from that GP and just say, do you know what? Point that family at the big tent. We will do that work. We can keep the currency of that knowledge and information up to date. And we will take that young person, we'll talk to them and we will help them. We will broker them. We don't signpost. We take them to the right service for them as early as we possibly can. And the critical bit is we try and make it stick. So if that service doesn't work for that individual, we will then help them go find something else. 
Now, for me, if we get this right, and we are gearing this up, the, the website will be live on the 1st of October. I'm very excited about it. If we can get this right, this will absolutely transform the landscape for Somerset's children and young people and the professionals that support them. So, Nick, I'm loving your enthusiasm. What's the website address that we look out from? It's somersetbigtent.org.uk. Lovely. That's great. So somersetbigtent.org.uk from the 1st of October. But the current ones, I understand, are youngsomerset.org.uk. And for those of us who use Instagram or Facebook, it's at youngsomerset. And on Twitter, it's at young underscore somerset. And are there any other ways that people should get in contact with you? I think, yeah, I mean, however, we, we, we don't mind how people get get in contact with us. Our phone number is 01278722100. It is usually best to follow us on social media um, and the website at the moment because, of course, the current situation, the vast majority of our work is being done online. And so we're doing some really funky stuff. Our wellbeing practitioners are doing things on Instagram, engaging with young people because that's the way young people like to engage sometimes in the, in the current situation. Of course, that's the easiest way to do it. So, um, yeah, just get in touch, search for us on, on your favourite search engine and, and it'll, it'll come up. Um, Instagram, we are very, very active on at the moment and using that really well to engage with parents, young people and, and, their, and their parents and carers. That's great. So it's Young Somerset and the phone number again was 01278 It's really helpful. So have you got any final take-home messages, simple take-home messages for either for young people who may be listening in Somerset or for anybody in Somerset who knows a young person who'd like to drop a hint or make a suggestion? I think, you know, as I said right at the start of, of this conversation, you know, we are led by the young people that we serve. So we are always up for hearing people's good ideas, for hearing the things they're struggling with, the things that, that where they spot gaps that, of things that, that, that could be there. I think one of the things that we are also involved, and I should, should mention this actually, another way of getting in touch with us, is through the Somerset Mindline 24-7 um, uh, telephone support line. We, we're, we're part of the sort of back, the back function of that as well. So that's another routine, and, and, and that that phone number is widely publicised, certainly through GP surgeries. I know. And um, I think really simple take-home messages for children and people and their parents: don't, don't, don't struggle. Don't sit and think this is just you. It's not. We're doing some really interesting work around peer support, um, both for children and people and for parents, and linking people together and carrying on. You know, that dialogue, the dialogue that, that enables us to talk about our mental health as much as we talk about our physical health and our emotional health. And I think that is spiritual health as well. And I think that if we do that in the round, we're giving, we're giving people, it's a crazy way of saying it, but we're giving people permission to say, do you know what, I feel rubbish today and that's okay, but I want to talk about it. That's what we want to hear more of. Get, get in early. Let's not let young people struggle within the confines of their own heads get to a point where it's actually reached crisis point and things are really difficult to, to kind of unravel. Let's have the early conversations about anything and everything you're struggling with and then we can help navigate you to some awesome resources, local resources, national resources that are all there and, and, and we, can, we can just put, put people in touch with the right support they need at the right time. The phrase it's okay to not feel okay is one that's banded around at the moment, isn't it? Um, if I can just give a, a plug to uh, Somerset Mindline, our 24-7 uh, for all ages, it's uh, 01823 276 892. Uh, we plug it uh, every every week, uh, and I still haven't got the number off by heart, but hopefully that's the right one this time. And it's fantastic that it's all joined up and that you're looking for um, 
anybody to come along and, and feed in ideas to you. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for your time, Nick. Uh, thank you both for having me. It's been a privilege to talk to you today about what we're doing. It's great to hear your, what's happening in Somerset. And thank you so much for sharing all the detail and all your enthusiasm. And we, we wish, wish you well in all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group. 